What up, folks? This is your boy, the Pittsburgh Golf Hack, and you're listening to the official podcast. I'm Garen. And I'm Rich. And you're listening to episode six. The Pittsburgh Extravaganza. (laughs) Extravaganza it was indeed. (laughs) What a weekend, sir. What a weekend. We, uh, so listeners, we, uh, surprisingly out of the blue, it was, it was very unexpected and very, uh, very fun filled, but, uh, was able to have some of the boys up from, uh, West Virginia to have a guys week up here in Pittsburgh. And, uh, yeah, we did it up Pittsburgh style. Oh, absolutely. Uh, couldn't, couldn't say enough good things about, uh, you. Thanks for your graciousness, man. And, Open up your house to a bunch of West Virginia hooligans for uh, for some debauchery and golf. Yeah, it was it was it was good times had by all. Well, maybe yeah, dude. maybe maybe a couple couple little snafus, but listen, <laughs> if we're on a golf course, um, if we're on a golf course, Garen, there's gonna be snafus. But there's also snafus off the golf course. This is true. This is true. We. Uh, so we had, uh, for everyone listening, we had uh, a, a nice weekend. Uh, we, we hit up Top Golf. That was a, you know, a big one. So Friday night we hit up Top Golf, and then Saturday we uh, had a round of golf at Suncrest Golf Course up in Valencia, PA, and uh, then we actually got to hit up a Pirates game, which was pretty cool because it was the only good game the Pirates have had all season. Yeah, but man, it was awesome to watch. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute too. Yeah, it was the uh, the Jacob Stallings walk off grand slam. So that yeah, was, was g- good times and fireworks night. Yeah, so, yeah, we had the fireworks night, and then uh, half the crew left, and me and Rich closed out the weekend with a nine hole round on Sunday, which we'll talk about. But uh, so the uh, you know let's start with the the top golf. Obviously, not your first time at top golf, and not mine, but. Uh, some of the other guys, it was their their uh, first time at Top Golf in general, but this was I think this actually was the first time you came to the Pittsburgh Top Golf, though, right? Yeah, uh, so it was my first uh, foray into Pittsburgh's Top Golf. Um, one of our one of our well, the the buddy that we talk about all the time, Jeff. Uh, I think that was his second go round at Top Golf, uh, and then has Matt been to? Top golf before? No, I think that was his. I think that was his first trip. Awesome. Uh, I've been several times. You and I have been several times together. Um, and uh, man, it's just it's just always a good time to to get some appetizers and some beers and some buddies and uh, go out have some friendly competition and do some fun stuff without having to worry about uh, chipping and putting and uh, you know a score. It's just a just a good time. We had a we had a spectacular time. It was uh, rainy. Uh, luckily, we were covered uh, by those bays, um, but had an awesome time, man. Yeah, for for those of you listening, if you have not been to a Top Golf, or if some of you been living in a cave and don't know what Top Golf is, um, Top Golf is essentially a driving range where you have a ball that comes out of a ball dispenser that gets programmed to your name. And when you hit the ball, there are targets, and if your ball lands in a target, you get points. So it's kind of like bowling. Um, you know, it keeps – there's different games you can play on there, and it keeps your score. So it's, you know, it's kind of a – you can make it 
competitive if you want. There's, I actually think there's top golf leagues out there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there are people who compete. Uh, it's, it's, uh, really great for kind of both sides of it. If you want to compete and do, um, you know, do, do, do like get really serious about the competition a- aspect of it, you can. Um, and then the other side of it, man, you can just, you can just go and, and use it as a, as a, a, a really, really expensive driving range with good food. So, um, that, that's the other cool aspect about it, folks is, you know, again, if you've been living under a rock and you've never seen a top golf, it's a restaurant and bar as well. So you've got tons and tons of things for the whole family to do. Um, pool, uh, shuffleboard, board games, food. I mean, there, there's just a ton of everything, but, uh, obviously golf is the, is the, the focal point. And, um, and you don't for you to take your clubs. Yeah. You, you don't have to take your clubs. You know, uh, we, we took our clubs, but they actually have their own clubs there that you can use. And, um, if you were not aware, Callaway actually owns top golf now and the clubs that they provide are actually Callaway clubs. Absolutely. So, um, really, really good time. If you, if you've never been, uh, definitely something cool to do. Uh, if you're in uh, Pittsburgh or Cleveland or Cincinnati, uh, Columbus, that that kind of area, anywhere around West Virginia, West Virginia doesn't have one, of course, because we have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Mountain State, baby. Wild and uninhabited. <laughs> <laughs> now the uh, you know the the Pittsburgh Top Golf, it, it is a uh, it is a really good thing, and then. You know, especially if you're a, uh, you know, if you're a family man and, you know, you have a hard time getting out, getting some practice, it's a really, really good way to get out and work on your short game. It's uh, great target practice and, you know, it's fun for everybody. I take the misses and she actually does pretty well, you know, is you don't have to be, they have targets that are nearby. So you don't, you could literally, and we actually did this, um, you can literally take a putter and roll the ball to the target and still get points. <laughs> Absolutely. However, however you want to do it, you can get it done. It's it's a cool it's a cool way to it, it's a great date night too. Uh, again, if you've yep. never been, it's a great date night to to take a date and just go and enjoy and 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 just kind of do your thing. Um, you know, I I would highly recommend it to to just about anybody. Yeah, definitely, definitely a good time. But uh, go check that out if you haven't checked it out. I'm going to try to get a review out there on YouTube for uh, for those of you that want to check it out. But uh, go check it out. Definitely a good time. But uh, so moving on to, you know, we we had the Top Golf. Actually, let's stay on Top Golf for a minute. There were a couple games I had never played one. They had one that was called the Quick Nine that I really liked. Yeah, we had a blast with that. All of us did. Yeah, so essentially what it was was you had nine balls, and they had um, – you basically you had three different targets, and you had to hit each target three times. And uh, I thought that was a really good short game exercise that I could actually probably take to the, you know, the practice range. Oh, 100%. So it, the, the way that it worked, you went um, – it was, a, it was a, just a little pitch, which was uh, – oh God, it was 50 yards – um, 75 yards, 90 yards. So you had these little pitch shots, um, 
for 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 all three and and basically what it was is you take your most lofted club if you're if you're a golfer with you know of any salt uh, you take your most lofted club and you go out there and you hit you know for me my most lofted club goes about 90 yards so I was able to take my 56 degree wedge and just hit um, shots to all three targets with one club um, and you just try to be accurate and the closer you get to the middle of the um, of the target, the more points you get, and uh, fun little competition while we were having some beverages, uh, and some cheese fries, and some uh, some chicken dip, and uh, I could honestly, I know we did other stuff that night, and I know you're probably going to go over it, I could have done that all night, I really could have, yeah. um, it was a blast for me. Yeah, and like I said, it was really, really good practice on the short game, because that's, I think we're probably all of us struggle, right, that, you know, 70, or, you know, 90 yards and in. You know, that's that's where your scoring opportunities are. So it got me thinking, you know, that night whenever I, you know, any time that I would miss one, I really kind of took took it hard on myself because I'm like, there's no way I should ever miss that shot. But then you think about on the golf course, how many times you miss that shot. Right. Oh, I mean, that and that's uh, so, uh, you know, we, we both pretty religiously listen to uh, the Chasing Scratch pro- podcast. You guys have heard us. Um, referenced that podcast several times in the past, and uh, they they had a guest on, and I forget the gentleman's name uh, this week, and he was talking about you know um, for an amateur, uh, he, he's actually the gentleman that that uh, came up with the strokes gained formula oh, yeah, for the PGA. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, and he was talking about for an amateur, the most important part of your game is if you want to shave strokes off of your game and you want to shoot, uh, he said if you wanted to shoot, if you're shooting 100 and you want to shoot 80, um, the most important thing for you to do is to be 80% or more of your practice needs to be from 125 yards in. Yep. And this was an exercise where, and, and I can tell you, so we played this game, what, three or four times, Garen? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Did you not get better every time we did it? Yeah, I think, and I think, because me and you were both kind of neck and neck on the first one. I think we both left about four. I think we both missed about four targets. Yep. And then and, by the end, we were we were hitting targets with every ball. I think I may I, the last round I may have missed one ball at the ninety. Yep. Yeah, I think. And the, I think I think you were the same. Yeah, I think I was I was right there right there the same. Uh, if, if I may have missed two, I couldn't remember, but I know. Of course, Jeff, I, I know Jeff yeah, hit Jeff, them all. Yeah, Jeff dunked them. That's <laughs> which is fine. It is what it is. Jeff Jeff's a great golfer, and hats off to kudos to you, Jeffrey, and kudos to you, Craigers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, Jeff, Jeff's a Jeff's a great golfer, and uh, you know, watching him hit some of the shots that he does is a is a good time. But um, definitely something that I could take to the practice range, and the next time that I go to the uh, to the range, not uh, not just screwing around for a, for a. Uh, an actual practice session. That's going to be one of the things that I, that I implement. And I'm going to try uh, now to, to, to do what that, the the gentleman said on the, on the podcast uh, that I just mentioned, work really, really hard. The majority of my practice from 125 yards in and get dialed in. Yep. I agree. So, so so moving on to uh, Saturday, like I had mentioned, we had a round of golf scheduled at uh, Suncrest golf course. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, hold on. Before we get to the golf scheduled, course. Scheduled being the operative word. <laughs> scheduled. Okay. And and we're so we're going to get crap for what we're getting ready to talk about. And, and we fully 
know that this is going to happen. So I'm just expecting once this podcast is listened to, our group chat is going to be interesting to say the least. But you know what? I'm talking about it anyway. <laughs> How about breakfast, Garen? Yeah. So we we had a 10:46 tea time, folks, and yep. um, one of well, let me let me just back and say we we barely made it to the golf course at 10:46. Yes. Actually, half of our crew did not make it to the golf course, but we had everybody's clubs, so therefore we partially made it to the golf course at 10:46. Listen, every everything was everything was there, okay? We I mean we had we had I've, I've been later. I'll say that. I've been later to a tee time. This is true. So we we had our ten forty six tea time that well, we ho- hold on before you let's let's back up let's back up so we had some beverages Friday night obviously you were not feeling it Saturday morning no was not was not feeling it Saturday morning so the rest of the crew wanted well we had what we are going to say the birth of Captain Cracker Barrel Captain Cracker Barrel. Um, Captain Cracker Barrel wanted a proper breakfast. So Captain Cracker Barrel proceeded to take the rest of the crew, and you all went to Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel. And was told that they were on a 25-minute wait. So Captain Cracker Barrel didn't want to wait, so proceeds to call Bob Evans. Bob Evans says, oh, we're not on a wait, but then... In the meantime, I'm coming to meet you all, and you said, hey, yes. meet us at Bob Evans. I go to Bob Evans, and they're on a 20-minute wait. Yes. So by the time that we went back and forth, and then we decided, okay, well, we're going to have to get McDonald's. Captain Cracker Barrel was not happy. Did not, at all. Did not want... Did not want McDonald's, but which which I understand his 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 reasoning for. I do get it. If you eat it every day, so uh, the the friend that we're referring to uh, works on the road every single day, and has to deal with you know has to deal with fast food breakfast breakfast quite a bit. So I get it. Anyways, <laughs> we <laughs> so we decide we're going to McDonald's. Well, we go to one McDonald's, and there's I'm not I'm not even joking, folks. There were at least 10 cars on each side of the drive-thru backed out to the main road and we could not get in the mcdonald's so i took them to another mcdonald's where we proceeded to wait for i'm not exaggerating 26 minutes after we had ordered our food true story so at this juncture we're still 24 minutes away from the golf course and barely got and out 26, of there. and 26 minutes away from the tea time <laughs> yeah barely barely got to the golf course we did get out we did get on uh, but needless to say crack, crack, captain cracker barrel was none too happy and uh so we we get out on the golf course as if everything else wasn't stacked up against us and by hole seven torrential downpour the whole freaking world, dude. <laughs> the whole freaking world's against us, dude. I swear to God. Torrential downpour. I mean, to the point that, I mean, we had we had umbrellas, we had rain gear. It didn't matter. The greens had had lakes that were growing on them. So needless to say, our we don't have a whole lot to talk about on the golf round Saturday. It was pretty no. 
pretty dismal leading up until uh, the Hulk. sign on the back of the car says "Critters from Hollywood." Darren, <laughs> the sign on the back of the car says uh, "Critters from Hollywood." Say so it. say it, don't <laughs> spray it. <laughs> so so yeah. So we 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 played what eight holes uh, in good weather, yeah. right? Um, played eight, eight holes. It took us a couple holes to get warmed up. Cause obviously we, we, I mean, we barely got to putt guys. Um, took us eight holes to get warmed up. Um, we all played pretty decently through those eight holes and then it came sideways. Um, we were all soaked to the, to the very bone. Um, but we soldiered on, uh, played, a few more holes and then decided, you know what? We're just going to scramble for the remainder of the round. Well, hold on. There, there was no, we decided to scramble. Let me, let me put this you. in perspective with everybody. So Richard was, I'll, I will commend you on this. You had not, you had not thrown a club to that point. No, but I could tell it was coming. <laughs> Started. St- well, I mean, it, everything. I just, I just lost my golf swing. Um, which t- tends to happen from time to time, uh, as as all of you folks who follow this beautiful podcast know that that man, there are days that I hit it really well, and there are like like there are rounds where I'll get through three quarters of a round that uh, I hit it really well, and then it just falls apart, and then there are days that I play really well. So, um, so, so we yeah, I, I read I read the the body language. Uh, and to be honest with you, we were all we were all spent. I think the only person that wanted done. to continue to keep score was was Jeffrey. Yeah. But, uh, yeah well, it's he had a good round going. Too. Well, he had a decent round going. Yeah, definitely nowhere near his best. But he no, you know, he wasn't in control. I could tell his head wasn't in the game, and so we decided to do a little team scramble. So it was me and Sir Richard against Jeff and and Matt, and this was. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this was our first kind of endeavor ever playing as a team, as a symbiotic team, as the boys from Chasing Scratch would say. <laughs> yeah. No, it it is. We we never scrambled together. We've always played against one another. By the way, we need to scramble together more. I I thought that we we did very well. So to just those last, I think we scrambled for four holes. Yeah, we did. And. Um, so, you know, we, we come out of the gate, and, of course, you know, me and Rich both didn't have very good drives, and Jeff hits a monster off the tee, and he's like, he's like, okay, let's scramble. What's what's the wager? And uh, so we made our wagers, and we, me and Rich both looked at ourselves. We're like, we're, we're in trouble. We're done. This is done. We're done. And so, you know, of course, Jeff sticks one, you know, Literally six inches from the hole on a par yeah, they made five. Bar- they, yeah, they made birdie. <laughs> they made birdie on that hole. Yeah, that was a par four. It is right. It wasn't a par five. Yeah. Anyways, they uh, they birdied that hole, and I was like, okay, this is going to get interesting. But then, you know, they had an errant – they had no shot off the tee on the next hole. And, you know, me and Rich didn't have a great shot, but we had an open look at the green and was able to get up and down for par, and they bogeyed. So we're, you know, all square after two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the following hole, we we halved, and so it all came down to literally the 18th hole, which is a, I think if I recall the numbers right, it's a 400 and 
like 18 or 420 yard par four dog leg left. Yep. And so we had a pretty good drive laying out in the fairway. Well, and it dog leg left where you can't hit your drive. You can't hit your driver. Yeah, driver um, driver's not. It's it's out of play. You've got you've got to go three wood uh, hybrid three wood four iron in. So, um, and sir yeah, anyway, Sir Richard here, miraculously, um, which you were hitting hybrid really good all day. Yep, that was your best club in the bag. But uh, from about. 200 out richard i was i was like two it was like 228 or something like that was it that far oh yeah we were we were out there yeah it Uh, he uh he stuck one literally right in the middle of the green gave us the ability to get up and down and uh we ended up winning the match which you know that was fun had it had a great time you know no matter what we had a great time win lose or draw nice to nice to scramble with you though man well i think we uh complement each other's uh abilities pretty well and had a blast playing against jeffrey and playing against matt who who improved uh throughout the round until he kind of lost you know he lost his his head got out of it too yeah, he just uh, tired. yeah man and and you know what if you don't play a bunch uh, you get that way yeah. uh hell, hell hell if you you do play a bunch you get that way but <laughs> you know um after yeah. after after a long day getting rained on, you, sometimes you just lose focus. And but uh, Matt has great fundamentals, and uh, whenever he decides to work on his game, he's going to be a good golfer. Yeah, he he's already hooked again. He told me that uh, he's got the itch. So I love it. I, I absolutely can't wait. Um, since he since he lives down here, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to yell at him and have him come out with me. There, there you go. So, um, so yeah, that, I think that was probably our you know. Our first dabble with it, I do think, and Jeff has alluded to this, like, you know, he's got that two-man that he keeps begging us to come play in. Yep. Um, I think I think we got a, we got a pretty good chemistry there, so we, we're going to have to give that a, a shot. I think so, too. I think next year's the year, since you've got uh, pretty big pretty big plans in August. Next year uh, in August, we'll have, to, we'll have to go hit it up. That sounds like a winner to me, but we uh, – you know, did have a good day. We we went to the Buckos game, like we said, and uh, you know some of the guys so, had not. So before been there. we before we go any further, I just want to put an S on my chest for finding the seats that I found. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was pretty baller. We we had the World Series suites in the uh, Pirates game, and these were like the equivalent of what you would. We paid about the same as you would pay for a uh, an mm-hmm. upper deck seat. <laughs> Yep. No, no, they, they were, they were, they were a little more, um, not much. Not uh, they much. were very affordable, very, very affordable. But, uh, yeah, man, we, uh, we got the world series suite. I, I was trolling around on, um, StubHub trying to find some good seats and happened to stumble across these. And for those of you who haven't been to PNC, um, the world series suite is a giant bar <laughs> and restaurant complex, uh, completely enclosed, and you get baseball seats. So you can go in and out, hang out in the lounges, go to the bars, get ice cream, get dinner, um, and it's all it's all kind of included. Not the not the food itself, but all of the the amenities are are included with your seat. So you can you know you can get up and go to the bar or sit down at a table, and if it's ninety five degrees outside, you can you can sit and 
watch the game on a TV and have a meal and then go back out and watch the rest of the game. It's just an awesome experience. I, I will tell you this, regardless of cost, um, I'm spoiled enough to where uh, when the other half and I go to our next Buckos game, it's going to be in the World Series suite. Yeah, it was. It'll spoil you. It was definitely nice, especially if it's a hot day, man. You could get in the get in the AC and. Yeah. It is pretty cool. They have those pool tables in there, but I really don't understand why you would pay that money to go to the World Series suite and play pool. No. <laughs> Um, but we did, so we never even really sat in our seats. Um, we found a, a picnic area directly behind home plate uh, that had a bar and uh, was covered over uh, because we had intermittent sh- showers for the first part of the, uh, for the game. And, uh, man, that you talk about a, a, a beautiful like view of the city and the stadium and the game. Man, it just, we did it perfectly. Um consumed a whole lot of Pittsburgh's best uh best brew river water iron city oh, iron a <laughs> lot of a lot of iron city a lot of a uh, lot of fatheads bumbleberry was uh was consumed um i am telling you just one of one of uh one of the best guys weekends you could uh you could you could ever draw up it, we it, did well it was perfect and you know i i have been to um i've been to 11 I've been to 11 major league ballparks. It's my goal in life to be able to get to to all of them. Yep. Um, but I've been to 11 of them, and I still have to say PNC Park is still my number one. Maybe, ah, man. Maybe I'm biased, but uh, I I still think it's number one. And you know, I've been I've, I've been to a few good ones. I've been to Fenway. I've been to the Yankees. I've been yep. Been Same. to uh, Camden Yards, and, and PNC is still still one of my faves. Yeah, man. Uh, I I wouldn't rather. I there there's not a place in the country that I've seen so far, uh, and I'm hopefully uh, while we're out west going to get a glimpse of Wrigley. I won't be in it because it'll be after season is over. But um, we're going to be out west here in a couple months, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop in Chicago and uh, take a peek at Wrigley. Um, outside of Wrigley and maybe Dodger Stadium, uh, there's there's nowhere in this country a better ballpark than PNC. It's just a shame that the that the Buckos are down in the doldrums, man. Yeah, I'm, but I'm, we did get to watch a walk off Grand Slam, so that's that's something. Yeah, I think I don't remember the history on that, but Jacob Stallings, uh, we were down six to one going into the eighth inning, and yep. uh, somehow. I think we scored one home run in the eighth inning, left some stranded, and we were pretty much, you know, we thought it was over. And then, you know, the Mets, of which, by the way, the Mets fans were, uh, I've never seen a baseball. in full force. Yeah, I've never seen a baseball team have that many um, fans travel with them. They kind of remind me of the Steelers, how the Steelers travel. But, like, I'd say 50% of PNC Park was, was Mets fans that night, and they were loud. They were very loud, but they were quiet whenever Stallings hit that grand slam. <laughs> um, it was it was fun to watch. Uh, we were all uh, pretty well, pretty well feeling great anyway, win, lose or draw. And uh, by the time that Jacob Stallings hit that uh, hit that grand slam, we went nuts, and it was great. Uh, great end to a great day. It was it it was a great end, and the fireworks was, uh, you know, bar none. Probably the, in my opinion, the Zambelli fireworks are always some of the best that I ever see. So, but they did uh, great. 
we uh, you know we finished tonight on a high note. Uh, the rest of the crew left on Sunday, and then Rich and I proceeded down to Bridgeville to Hickory Heights. Of which, by the way, if you have not been down there, I have to admit this used to be one of my least favorite courses. And you know the the management of the course and the pace of play, I was not too impressed in years past, but. It was literally the only place we could get a tea time on Sunday. Yep. And let me tell you, folks, they have put in the work, and that wow. course looks immaculate now. The, I'm, I am telling you, I was thoroughly – so you talked about it whenever we made our tea time, and I was like, ugh, okay, well, I guess, I guess we'll just go do it and get it done. Guys, let me tell you something right now. That course was phenomenal phenomenal um they they've definitely put in the work and and made some investments carts tell tell them about the carts oh yeah we had uh we had what i called the rolls royce of golf carts um (laughs) you know pleather seats but they were you know they're very soft leatherette um obviously full gps uh very comfortable very plush um very spacious uh you just couldn't you couldn't ask for for better amenities uh at a golf course and you know it, it with your rating system you rate what out of, out of five right yeah i'd say it would definitely it would have definitely exceeded a four and a half on that uh on that oh day. yeah it was it was it was very very up there uh i will say that it's you know that that was not my brand of golf. Um, hill golf. Don't play a whole lot of hill golf here in West Virginia. The, the courses that I play are generally flat. Um, but man, it was it was super enjoyable. We'll get we'll get into the the play. As a matter of fact, Garen, um, don't we have some on course audio to play for these folks before we talk about this round? We do. So uh, so Rich and I played nine holes. And uh, we we played against each other. We played a little bit of modified Stableford, and which was very enjoyable for the most part. Had a part. great time. That, that great was. Time. I think that's the way to go for us to play against each other. It, it kept it because if you had a bad, if you had one bad hole, you like you weren't punished to the point you're not going to catch up. Like it kept it absolutely kept it very close. I like that. So, yep. But uh, we did record some course audio. And uh, let's let's take the folks there right now. Let's do it. All right, here we go. This is Rich and I playing Hickory Heights. Oh, all right. So after our debacle of a rain, almost Soaked. almost rain out. Uh, Rich and I are solo today here at Hickory Heights Golf Club in Bridgeville, PA. And I believe to close this weekend out, we're gonna keep it uh, keep it a little bit evenly competitive and uh, still a little modified Stableford scoring. How's that sound? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Cart path only. Fat butt's gonna do a lot of walking. Even this golf cart's struggling to get up this hill right now. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So, after two holes, we are all square. Rich, Rich and I put two in the middle of the fairway on number one. I had a little errant stroke uh, going into the green, and so Richard parred the first one I bogeyed, and then we returned the favor the following hole. Uh, I parred and Richard bogeyed, so 
we are all square after two and on three Richard has uh, put a nice little worm burner that ended up pretty damn good for him in the uh, middle of the fairway. Listen, a fairway is a fairway. <laughs> and uh, then we have me, it's a little bit errant in the rough, so uh, let's see how this turns out on number three. Yeah, you may have tried to kill that one. I never did see mine drop. Did you see mine drop? Yeah, it's on it, uh, it's not. It's kind of over the back. Long. Rich has got one here for about 50 yards out, a little chip shot. He's off the green a little bit. I've got one about 20 yards off the green. Let's see if I can chip down. Ball is above the green, about 15 feet in elevation. So after five holes, we are all square. All square. We've got ourselves a barn burner here, folks. So uh, we're on number six, par three, all square. We got about 137 yards, and uh, let's take you live to the action right now. You're on so, the box, friend. G dog, you got the got the box. You know what? I'm gonna hold on to this. <laughs> Let Mr. Garen take a shot. 137 yards. Looks like Garen's pulled a nine or an eight. Pulled a nine. Little, little smooth nine iron. Not much green to work with. <laughs> we got, we got Saving Hillside to the left and nothing to the right. Nothing on the right. The abyss. in the air get up there that's gonna be short that's gonna be really short yikes all right all right let's see what sir richard's got here well so some commentary there is <laughs> no grass. No grass. No grass on the tee box. I'm pretty sure that it's, if this was in the Carolinas, we would quantify this as a sand dune. <laughs> yeah. Also a nine iron. And that's a shank. As a hollow shank. Not good. Directly off the hollow. We'll, uh, we'll return, folks. <laughs> Unfortunately, we would not return. I would go on to win the par 3 number 6, and after a beautiful drive on number 7, Rich proceeded to top his ball three times in a row in the middle of the fairway, and chucking his three-wood across the fairway indicated to me that the recording session was officially over. I would go on to win the last three holes, 
and to add insult to injury birdie number nine for a 42 six over par on the front nine of Hickory Heights. To say that this round ended in disappointment would be an understatement. Win or lose, I really had hoped that this round would have been a barn burner between the two of us, but it wasn't, and we would recap later on to break down our round. So Rich, you've had some time to, to digest what took place <laughs> at Hickory Heights. and Listen, uh, I, I, I have. Um, it should, let, let's just talk about it. Let's, let's just talk about it, Garen. Um, so so here, here's, here's my synopsis. There is, there is nothing wrong with your swing. And if you, you know, you, you made a couple comments when we were playing, you're like, you know, you know, maybe I'm just not fit for competitive golf. Cause you know, I think I got, you got it in your head that, you know, it was more so the competition piece that got in your head, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that that was it because you were stroking the ball perfectly fine through, through five holes, through six holes. Yep. I, the last, six, the yeah. last three, yeah, the last three is where I fell apart. Yeah. Six, number six is where you started to fall apart. And you you were hitting the ball perfectly fine and, and you know you had no issues um but you had that one shot that went errant and it was just like you know from there things compounded but you know i watched you and there was nothing at all wrong with your swing so if there's anything that you take away and yeah i know you were fired up at the time and you're like i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it like you know uh, i don't need to hear any swing thoughts right now i just it's, it's just not there and i don't want to hear it but there was nothing wrong with your swing. That's good to hear. Um, so you and you and I have chatted off- offline about this, and and um, I have, uh, as you would probably imagine, I've been in the I've been in the lab uh, <laughs> grinding a little bit uh, because I came home kind of sick. So uh, came home uh, had and what sucked even worse is I had to turn around and go to DC the very next day for training. I just I just accepted a new position. Uh, so I had to go to Washington, D.C. for training the very next day. So I couldn't play golf all week. Um, so I was left sitting in my hotel room. Stewing. Stewing about this uh, all week long, thinking, you know, what did I do? So I really thought about it, and I got into the, you know, got into the uh, the, the the lab and went to the went to the range and, and really, really worked on some stuff um, that Garen, Garen and I had talked about. And one of the things that you had really pointed out to me was ball position, uh, especially where it comes to my hybrid that day and my three wood that day. Um, and figured out that where I was placing the ball, especially with the lies that I had, specifically talking about the lie that really sidelined my round, which was... Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about the helicopter throw of the three wood. I'm talking about the um, <laughs> the the, the, top, the, the, the three tops the top. in a row. Yeah. Yes. So, I, I, as you guys probably heard, I don't know if you got audio of it uh, because I was obviously out hitting the ball. Um, so on number six, uh, hit a great, great, beautiful drive out into the middle of the fairway. Number seven. Um, that was number seven. Number seven. I'm so yeah. I'm so sorry. Number seven a great drive out into the middle of the fairway and this is what derailed my my round um my second shot was going to be a little three hybrid uh to put myself in position to where i could chip up and make birdie um that was that was the aim that's what i was aiming for 
Uh, wasn't trying to go for the green and two, even though I probably could have reached there with a three wood. It's going to try to hit a nice little smooth three hybrid out there, chip up, make birdie, move on. Um, because I, had a, I was in great position, put myself exactly where I wanted to hit the ball, um, and then top it. And I'm like, okay, topped it. I can still get to the, I can still get to the green. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's take a breath, hit a three wood. Um, I can get there still, still make par move on. Right. So proceed to top that one. And then I'm like, okay, well now I've just got to salvage a bogey. I'm going to hit an, I'm going to hit a three wood or I'm going to hit a three, uh, three hybrid and, uh, get it as close as I can salvage bogey, move on. Even though I'm going to, going to lose this hole. I want this for my score. Let's hit, let's hit another one and proceed to top that one into the woods. So, so uh, take so, a take a drop on the other other side of it. Here's the here's the other crappier thing. Before before you you kind of elaborate on all that, I did what every golfer does after doing something stupid like I had just done. I stick one <laughs> with a six iron and two putt, but. It is what it is. Uh, took an eight on that, um, you know, and that derailed my whole round. So, yeah. What do that, you got for me, Garen? That that was the that was the beginning. You know, we'd like to say the hosel the hosel shank on number six began it all, but I don't I don't think it did because you. I don't think so. I, I recovered really well, went up and and made bogey on that and and was done. Like I yep. that didn't rattle me at all. Yeah, it was it was definitely number seven, and like you said, you got off the tee perfectly fine. But I think, and, and we've talked about this, but really, you know, the one thing that hinders a lot of golfers is not recognizing the the ball positioning when the ball is above your feet, below your feet, or even, you know, you know when you're when you're on a little bit of an incline, you know, f- you know in front of you and behind you, you have to learn to play. That ball, and if you're not accustomed to playing in, you know, in lies like that, you know, a lot of people that play, you play a lot of golf down in the River Valley, which everything is yep. flat. Everything's flat. And and so you don't have a lot of those side hill lies, um, whereas up here, everything is a side hill lie, and it's just something Man, that... changing shoulder position and, and body position, so I can, I can tell you, you know, you, you bring up an excellent point. This is where everything went sideways for me. I look back at that first hybrid shot that I duffed, right? Yep. I look back at that shot and had I was I was sitting on just the smallest uphill lie. And had down, I down, it was downhill. Yeah, sorry, you were downhill. Just the slightest downhill lie. And had I adjusted my shoulder line to that downhill lie, um I wouldn't have duffed that shot. Yeah, if you'd, I, played, if you'd have played that ball six inches further back in your stance, you would have picked it cleanly. Yep, and, 100%. And, and that, that's really what it comes down to is is really, you know, moving back and forth. So I, I want to come back to the homework assignment that we did a few weeks ago. And, and I've really been thinking about this with regards to your round at Hickory Heights. And I kind of put it into practice the other day. And I think that we've got the beginnings of potentially 
a tool that that we can start using and we if we just focus on it it's not gonna it's not gonna get all those 18 strokes that i talked about in that homework assignment back sure but one of the things that i i noticed in my round this week that i played is we've talked about that drill where you can you know draw the line in the grass with the with the foot powder and Mm -hmm. in essence when you're playing an iron shot every every, when you take your practice swing your practice swing if you set your club up next to the ball when you take your practice swing your divot should be in front of where the ball ball. is uh, is setting so you want you want club first grass second in the instance when you're taking your practice swing, and I notice that, I, I mean, I'm guilty of it more so with driver, but I, I find myself following this pretty solid when it comes to irons. But I noticed several times when you took your practice swings with irons, you didn't even touch the grass. Right. Which told me that you weren't, you were practicing swinging, but you weren't taking a true quote-unquote practice swing. Sure. And so it got me thinking, if you made more of a conscious effort to, every time that you step up to the ball, line up with your, your club exactly, you know, right by, right next to the ball, the way that you're going to pursue your shot, and if you take your practice swing like you're going to hit the ball and your divot is not in front of the ball, then that right there should tell you that you need to move the ball in Change your Change position. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's uh, so. I just wrote that down, and uh, I I've got a round um, Sunday more. I'm going to be playing around Sunday morning, either Saturday morning or Sunday morning, re- weather permitting. I've got to I've got to figure out which day is going to be best for the weather because we're supposed to get rain this weekend here in West Virginia, um, and that is going to be my whole focus. And I will be playing hill golf because I plan on playing Diamond Links. Nice. Yep, that'll be a good test for you. But I, I definitely think, and I'm, I've got to stick to it too. I, and I, but I did notice in this round that I played this week, I had several side hill lies, and I took my practice swing, and my divot was not, wasn't in front of the ball. So I proceeded to, you know, make make adjustments in this, in my stance, and got the expected outcome I was looking for. And then stepped up and hit my ball, and it 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 went exactly the way that I expected it to. So, you know, I think when you get into that human error reduction, that's one tool that we can add to our arsenal that I think is going to really start paying dividends, especially for you, you know, in, in these issues where you're having a difficult time playing the ball in different positions. Um, I really think that that's going to pay dividends for you. I think so. I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. Um, really, really looking forward to to uh, to employing it. Look, really, uh, really something I think that that I can make. I can make some changes with. So that's a good thing. Well, I have. Uh, I've got a. I'm. I'm getting back into the competitive rounds this weekend as well. I'm going to be playing cool. uh, one of my Pittsburgh golfers tour events at Crab, Cranberry Highlands this weekend. And uh, so I'll have to uh, let you folks know how my first round back to competitive golf after a little bit of a, a break ends up. And uh, so, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps us up for this week. That sounds good. I'll do some on-course audio uh, at, uh, 
at Diamond Links, and uh, we'll compare notes and see how our rounds go. I'm excited to hear how that that goes for you because I I really, if it doesn't work, I'm going to be sad. (laughs) Yeah, same. Same. If it doesn't well, good, work, if it doesn't work, you're going to uh, you're going to go take a visit to Quinn Cole and say, um, "Can you please tell me how to play the ball in, in my stance when my position changes?" One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But the good news is, is that like I said, I've 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 had some range time, a uh, couple range sessions, and uh, I think that I've I've managed to to figure out where i went wrong and uh really really hitting my my hybrid and my my three wood really well right now so it hopefully that changes with uh side hill wise good deal man well yeah man to close us out here if you uh if this is your first time listening to the channel uh make sure that you follow the pittsburgh golf hack on instagram and twitter that's at pgh golf hack and you can check out the youtube channel the pittsburgh golf hack and the facebook page under the same name so uh, check it out on there and, uh, you know, provide any feedback you hear on the podcast, YouTube channels, anything. Uh, always looking to improve the brand and uh, provide some good stuff for you all. And hopefully you're enjoying this and getting something out of it. Yeah, absolutely, man. We uh, we would love to hear from our listeners. Um, you know, if, if you're uh out there and you're grinding like we are tell us about it man we'll we'd love to share stories and uh you know reach out we're we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this whether we have listeners or not because we have a blast with it but uh, we'd love to take you along the ride with us absolutely all right folks till the next time you all get out and hit them straight and keep on hacking